0: Welcome to the All That's Holy
1: Blue Collar Podcast. Thought-provoking interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. Food, sports, God, gardening, church, politics, music, movies, comedy, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Cody Stopper. And this is Craig Morton. On this podcast, we talk to writers, teachers, activists, and we seek some wisdom, and as always, We are allergic to big words, but not to big ideas. Profound things will be said, but entirely by accident.
2: To love somebody, to love
0: somebody, the way I love you. No, 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 you don't know what it's like. That one,
1: okay. I just had to hit record. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so, what song are you going to lead out with, Kaylee?
3: Um, I don't know. <laughs> I've had a song uh, by Starset stuck in my head today. How's it go? How's it go? Um, don't make me sing.
1: <laughs> we're, already, <laughs> we're already recording. You don't know what it's like. Uh all right all right gosh yeah it's like that that i, I really love the way you just jump into that Cody, because then i overthink it like gosh what song would i sing and then nothing <laughs> comes to mind it's like performance <laughs> anxiety for no good reason i am
0: uh <clears throat> who are the two what's the difference between the two i don't i can't remember which one's rat and which one's link but i'm the one that's a little more you know yeah just do it Whereas the other ones more let's think through it through first and I can't remember which one's which one's which though.
1: I guess that's a fair comparison.
0: (laughs) I mean, obviously we have a much bigger impact in the audience than those two mythical, magical morning fellas.
1: That's true. That's true. I'm and I'm completely satisfied with the immense impact that we make i would hate to disturb that
0: like at, do they have their bath towels hanging in their background that's how comfortable uh, do, do we, they are speak we are from
1: underneath a bed <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean that's pretty awesome nobody i don't know anybody who does that
0: wow that is impressive actually uh, I did know a lot of podcasters who did the—they um, would bury their microphone in their clothes in their closet. Yeah, and yeah. that's why—that's would... why I
1: thought maybe under this wooden uh, <laughs> bed wouldn't be a bad spot. Yeah, I've been yes. thinking of
3: getting a microphone set up here.
0: Well, the a... there—they have these cage—you know—cages you can put around your microphone, and then you can take it anywhere. Because it's like a little mini built-in acoustic. So you got to put your
1: microphone in a cage mm. so it doesn't run away.
0: No, it's a, it's a more like a. It, it's open ended,
1: and then put it in the cage, and then in the wild you release
2: it.
0: It's open ended, so you can talk into it, you know. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's a little bit. It's like an acoustic tile wrapped around <laughs> your microphone, basically. Hmm. Or they do have. I've recently said, "Whoa." <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> they do have uh, boxes too that you can just stick your head in. I've seen those now. <laughs>
1: They're portable boxes. They're... You can stick your head in. That's awesome. In... Yeah.
0: At what point did we get to
3: podcasts being so common that you have to create a cheap, portable
0: podcast station? Yeah. They're <laughs> ubiquitous.
2: One,
1: that's a bad feed, but anyway that's the song that i was thinking of there we go. <laughs> got it got it the new york mining disaster 1941
0: so the new york is that i've, I've taken it's based on a real historic event could be 1967 <laughs> is when it came out Oh hey, I think mine was 67. Probably the same album.
1: <clears throat> it's back when they were cool. Right. They had to try hard. <laughs> oh come on! I mean, they were a disaster by the time. Uh, Just because
0: you don't like it doesn't mean they're a disaster. Saturday
1: Night Fever came out. I mean, come on now, Craig. Right. Hey, so Cody, yes, let's introduce our guest. <laughs> okay. Enough beating
0: around the the Bee Gees. (laughs) Let's jump in here. Uh, Yes, of course, as you all know, I'm Cody. (laughs) And I'm Craig. Hey, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) you. we do have a guest today uh, that we're interviewing. We've had this guest on before and
1: twice or (laughs) kind of three times,
0: sort of a few times. There's a mystery. This, if you're, we probably shouldn't talk about the other one because this is a redo. So we're redoing um, having Kaylee Hargroves on. Is it uh, Kaylee? I'm sorry. Hargrove, not Hargroves. I don't know why <laughs> yeah. I always throw an S on there. For,
1: well, I think it has to do with the size of the farm that grew the first HARs.
0: The hard is
1: groves. I mean, it was a, it was a, it would like have one <laughs> species, like just apples, it'd probably be hard grove. But it had multiple, you know, species. It would have hard groves.
3: Well, I mean, the heart, it comes from ha- it means hair, so it's like rabbit. It's like a field oh, of rabbits. Oh,
1: wow! A rabbit grower, a rabbit farmer. Yeah. I yeah. knew one once. Wow, I knew I really a farmer in farmers. Kansas.
0: What an interesting lesson on the name. So, Kaylee, I'm Named going Harga. to. Come- I'm going to compensate by adding f- for adding that extra s on Hargrove by saying Kaylee's Hargroves Hargroves I'm going to just well, add The s. thing is how
1: many, how many bunnies <laughs> were <laughs> there? <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, I mean how many bunnies were there? More than one? one it's a Hargrove Har's... multiple bunnies it's Hargrove Hargrove um, Har... Oh there... But
3: wouldn't wouldn't it be dependent on the number of groves at that point? Because if yeah. there's multiple if there's multiple hairs, then be hairs grove.
1: Now how yeah. many how many hairs per grove? <laughs> what,
0: how many can you have and constitute? How a many grove? hairs
1: does a hair grove have? If a hair grove had,
0: oh boy, okay, oh, all <laughs> right, we're going, we're already off the rails here. <clears throat> all right, yes. Yeah, so Kaylee's joining us. Kaylee joined us once before to talk a little bit about a two parter. it was so good, it was so interesting. And we were like, let's come back next week and talk more about this. Let's unpack some of this. So, um, we talked about um, Genesis and creation and non binary creation. And actually, we're going to talk a little mm-hmm. bit more about that because Kaylee recently wrote a devotional that we're going to talk about. Also, Kaylee is going to update us a bit on her story in the last, when, was you, when were you on? Was it eight months ago? Nine um, months?
3: Ago? It was in June.
0: A year. Coming up, yeah, Barbara, it was. Definitely. I mean, it was a Pride Month special, so that's right, that's Back right. In June. Okay, so what is that? 10 months, it's Very been a long. while, eight, eight to 10 months. So, yes, gonna, and a lot has changed. So, Kaylee's gonna update us that about that. So, I mean, time hasn't been a thing since <laughs> I know early 2020. Pandemic <laughs> time is my mind is a fuzz, uh, is a fuzz mm. awash with fuzz. So, yes, Kaylee is joining us once again and going to update us about a live story, because some things have changed. Some very, (laughs) a lot of impactful things in the last eight to 10 months. So um, let's begin there. So Kaylee, when you joined us last time, you were a student at Lincoln Seminary, close to finishing. Mm -hmm. You are no longer a student at Lincoln Seminary. What happened? Uh, what happened was
3: they uh, found out that I was trans and decided to discriminate against me um, essentially because they could. Mm. Uh, and um, yeah, so, that, I mean, that's, that's what happened with that um, because, and essentially because they're a religious institution, they can claim a religious exemption to title nine, which is a federal law that, says you can't discriminate on the basis of of sex which includes gender identity and sexual orientation and that was um and that is just part of the law but there's these schools that have a religious exemption where they can essentially just be like you know what we decided that we don't we're not going to do that we don't that doesn't Uh,
0: apply to us
3: yeah it doesn't apply to us and so Um, Yeah, they they decided to give me a choice, either um, withdraw because it was still within the first couple of weeks and I could drop out and uh, not have to pay for the credits or stay and get um, face a disciplinary committee and essentially be expelled at that
1: that point. And then. uh, Yeah, that's not really a choice. choice. (laughs) So so which which were you? Were you disciplined or expelled or I guess? I mean, how did
3: that, or did, I mean, or did you withdraw? Uh, I withdrew because um, I didn't have a few thousand dollars to just uh, gamble that I could fight something. I mean, the, their argument was that I'm trans and uh, yeah, that's kind of true. Like I am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah. I mean, there, there was really no way to fight that. and I wasn't going to risk a few thousand dollars to try it, so I chose to withdraw mm. um, instead of instead of facing that process. Yep.
0: Yeah, because that process that would be I could just imagine already just this instance is traumatic. Now mm-hmm. let's drag this instant out for the next <laughs> two months and let's debate and discuss whether I. Have a right to exist here or not for the next two months or whatever, and then lose yeah, and my money on top of it. Yeah, and
3: then lose my money. I mean, you know, most people don't like to pay a few thousand dollars to go in front of a group of people that will, are going to tell you that you shouldn't exist in their space.
2: Right.
3: So, yeah, you know, I, I, I made that choice. That, that's true. I didn't technically get expelled, um, but for all the intents and purposes, the practical expulsion. Yeah um that's not really a choice you know <laughs> whenever
2: right, right, you
1: think right. of it right um isn't that called most... the hobson's choice when you're given a choice <laughs> of two bad options and i think there's a phrase for that
0: or catch 22 or a... yeah. yeah yeah wow okay so up until then um so give us uh you were it was all online right and so you had essentially been able to kind of avoid this discussion a bit Right. Because of that. Mm. I mean, it's essentially don't ask, don't tell.
1: Right. Yeah, <laughs> like right.
3: They, they didn't ask me, Hey, are you transgender? And I didn't offer that information. Um. So, uh, but also like whenever I re-registered for school, um, be, because I, I went in parts, like I, I went to seminary in 2009, um, right. the, the economy was awful. And so I <laughs> left and, and went to the military and I was in the military for almost nine years, but I started taking classes again at Lincoln in my last year in the military. Um, so like I'd already started there. And then whenever I was going back, I was already accepted and registered for classes before I even knew that I was trans. <laughs> so, gotcha. um, it, yeah. So it's not like, yeah, <laughs> not like I, you know, I registered and everything and used all my legal documents and
0: yeah. Um, There wasn't any deception on your end. Um, Maybe even for you, uh, ignorance on your end at that point. I mean, you were, had not wrestled with this and who you were completely. So it was still happening.
3: Yeah. And like, which is kind of an interesting dynamic because I I became affirming because essentially because of the way that they taught me how to read and study the Bible. (laughs) Like, um, you know, that what it's what generally happens whenever people get like some kind of education is like, they apply it. (laughs) And so like I applied historical studies and critical thinking and all these things and, uh, examined language because I took the language classes Mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know what? I can be affirming because theres there isn't, there aren't any valid arguments against LGBTQ plus people. Yeah. Um, and then that allowed me to actually examine myself and be like, okay, what does this mean about me? And then, and then that's uh, whenever I realized that I was trans. It was like, at the end of this process uh, that actually applied what this school <laughs> had taught me in the first place.
0: Wow. So, So, it wasn't that you came in necessarily with a, uh, a, in fact, probably not at all. Probably 2009 Kaylee was not affirming. I'm guessing. I mean, 2018
3: Kaylee wasn't affirming. Okay,
0: right. So, all the way. So, you didn't come into this being like, now I'm going to read this because I'm this. So, I'm going to force this onto this. You actually used the tools of historical criticism uh literary criticism narrative cur- criticism and then that led you to uh, whoa i um i wow i think i should be affirming i think there's a case to to be affirming and then that allowed you then to it's like wrestle with who you are now mm-hmm. now it's now you can do it hmm. yeah so probably the opposite way of what a lot of people accuse folks are doing well you are this so of course you're gonna read this into it
3: and i've heard that a lot like like even from family like of course you're gonna be affirming because you wanted to be uh that's something i've heard uh and you didn't let the holy spirit guide you because you wanted to come to this conclusion and like
2: Mm -hmm. that's
3: that's crap (laughs) like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you can't like you can't tell my story for me and just make stuff up like that's just not that's just not what happened (laughs) at all and to like to say that is i mean it really it kind of seems like uh an abusive behavior pattern to take uh the outcome of somebody's story and be like oh this is how you must have gotten there uh like the type of person that re- needs to take control of a story so it doesn't like conflict with their, their perspective and ideologies.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Especially in light of how you actually got there because they gave you the tools. They said, do this work. And then when you came with a different outcome, they're like, no, no, not like that. No, kind of a, kind of <laughs> a, kind of a approach. Yeah, but,
3: basically. <laughs>
1: so, so, uh, One of the things that I have heard, you know, as these criticisms and and it can be for a variety of different uh, situations is that we need to make sure that we as religious institutions kind of um, remove things that go contrary to our expectations or outcomes or whatever, however we want to word it. And the problem isn't so much that um, we're giving people the tools to become who they are rather it's almost worded often is that somebody from the outside is coming in and, and changing it with their preconceived um, beliefs or, or, or convictions. And so to me, that's really, really intriguing this part of your story, Kaylee, because it's, it, yeah, the, the tools they gave you enabled you to, uh Keep moving forward on on this personal uh, discovery and pilgrimage. It wasn't something you came in in order looking looking to kind of um, turn things over, be be a be an on-site radical to, you know, revolutionize mm-hmm. the institution or somehow it. That's that's awesome. I think that that's such a that's such a, a different part of a story than I think people end up. Assuming might be the case.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep.
3: Because, like, I didn't come out, and well, I didn't realize I was trans until I was thirty-two years old. <laughs> like, that takes some time. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I I lived the good Christian lifestyle. I I got married to a woman. I had kids. <laughs> I, you know, I went into the military. Um, like all of these, all of these things that people would say, yeah, that seems like a pretty traditional Christian thing. Um, like I did all the, <laughs> I did all the right things, uh, But when it came down to it, I found freedom to actually be myself. And that freedom came from my, my own study of the Bible. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: And um, yeah, I think it's, it's just really dishonest to assume that, that the the people come to this realization and accept themselves because of like a dishonest faith or something like that. Like, that's not actually true. Most LGBTQ plus Christians have come to the place where they accept themselves because they've studied. Like if you want to know what the Bible says about homosexuality, ask an an affirming gay person they're gonna know because they've been the ones that have studied it for the last Definitely. three years so they can yeah. actually accept who they are
1: yeah that or means... ask a grease scholar without an axe to grind yeah, ah, there, yeah. <laughs> well that I actually mean, you take
2: that, too.
0: that actually reminds me of when i <clears throat> first started wrestling with this i <clears throat> i was at a conservative college in portland and there was a fellow there they um they were actually they were twins one worked with a a a group called exodus international you've heard this Mm -hmm. about them and um the the twins both this is the the framework and the language they used back then struggled with or wrestled with homosexuality and i can remember sitting in the lounge of our dorm room area with the twin brother who hadn't gone on to work with exodus international and he was in tears because he was so convinced of the way you know that the conservative college taught this (laughs) is this is the truth and he could not force himself to not to, to be that thing and he it was tearing him apart like it was just mm-hmm. destroying his life i mean to the point where it, like i've tried i've denied i've prayed i've done these i've gone to exodus international i've done all these things and i'm never going to be i, I feel like i'm never going to be this thing and i know i'm wrong and i know i'm sinful and i know all these things and my like literally right there in the moment, i was like because my whole belief was people chose this, you know, this is what Mm -hmm. I was taught to believe. You chose this, you chose, I'm like, this is a person who is literally trying with every fiber of his being to not be this. And it is destroying him. It's killing. It's literally, it's killing him. Like he's, he had gone to the Mm -hmm. hospital, you know, for attempted suicide before in his life. And it was in that moment that I was like, that was my first question. I'm like, Oh, well, it's not, clearly is not a choice <laughs> this guy's not choosing he, he's trying to choose not to be this mm-hmm. and that's for that was the beginning that was the first question but but he was so actively trying to be what his tradition had told him you need to be that they has even his twin brother joined exodus international which later he came back to college after i'd gone and denounced exodus international and all, you know mm-hmm. was like, apologized for what he'd done and then was shunned by the college, of course. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, yes. You, uh, to me, it's more like the, my experience of people have been actually they have tried the opposite of what people are saying they're doing of like, you're trying mm-hmm. to read yourself into this. Actually, they're trying to apply <laughs> what you told them about the Bible and recreate themselves into this thing. It's actually the opposite. They tried so hard mm-hmm. not to do what you're accusing them <laughs> of doing.
1: What, Kayla? Can you say something a little bit about about maybe a little bit more about that? Because you know, I uh, mean, anyway, Cody's talking about one one uh, experience at one college. You were at Lincoln. Can you say something about the tradition that informed Lincoln and and the larger tradition that that it's a part of, and how does that tradition um, how is it coming around or how is that, that tradition, you know, dealing, dealing uh, with, you know, moving toward, you know, an affirming position. Yeah.
3: So the uh, Lincoln is part of the the independent Christian church, which is part of originally part of the stone Campbell movement. I I mean, I guess it it still is part of the stone Campbell movement, not originally. Um, (laughs) uh, They, There's basically three main strands of the Stone Campbell movement. There's the Independent Christian Church, which was what Lincoln was. There's the the Church of Christ, which is generally like the non-instrumental, very fundamentalist, conservative um, branch. And then there's the Disciples of Christ, which the Disciples of Christ have become like (laughs) the the flaming liberals of the Stone Campbell movement. Um, And that's not always true because it's still very congregational. Uh, So it changes from congregation to congregation. Uh, I'm still currently in uh, a Stone Campbell movement church because I'm at a Disciples of Christ church, but um, it's an open and affirming congregation. So like I'm I'm a pastor on staff and like I'm accepted there and, and affirmed and that's great. Um, But I grew up in the independent Christian church. So, like, that's my entire uh, heritage and tradition is is that. And their, like, big thing is being non-creedal and not having a hierarchy that says, this is what you have to believe. It's this idea of, like, each congregation uh, has its ability to be itself and doesn't have a set, uh, a set belief system that everybody has to hold to. So, you know, <laughs> ideally, if this was actually applied to like the plethora of beliefs within Christianity, there should really be no issue with LGBTQ plus people in at least some of these churches. Um, and then a then a university that uh provides higher education for this Uh, this group of churches like that's something that they talk about like they have classes on the Stone Campbell movement and like that's the big thing unity and truth no creed but Christ like those are the those are the things that they hold as like their foundation but uh, apparently apparently they do have a belief system and a (laughs) creed because they don't let LGBTQ plus people exist in the same rooms as them so it's I mean, it really kind of seems like they have to go against their values to actually hold to their positions. And then on top of that, to like claim a religious exemption, you're supposed to be claiming that something is against uh, against the tenet of your faith. Um, how do you do that when you don't have, when you're inherently non-creedal and don't have tenants of your faith
2: mm. so, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> That's they've, good. they've are in a Hobson's choice, <laughs> <It's> a choice
3: <laughs> well so the the part of the issue is like the religious exemption has really been uh, it's not stripped because stripped would mean that it'd be harder but like I, the requirements for it would have, have been stripped especially under previous administrations yeah. um and so like mm. what schools have to do to get this religious exemption is not much like mm. you can actually go on to the department of education and see the um see like the request for a religious exemption like you don't have to do much it, it's right. just right there
0: are you asking it, for an exemption? yes
3: okay
2: <laughs> yeah that's yeah. it's like
3: we're we're a school that has a uh we're a school that has a board of people and we voted that this is something that we want to hold true can we have a religious exemption and it's like okay sure wow um and so i mean that's really kind of messed up because you know title nine is supposed to be there to protect students it's not meant to be there to give protection to those discriminating right mm. like that's kind of that's kind of the point of Title IX.
0: Yeah, right. Have you, Kaylee? So you were able to find a home <clears throat> in a church that is still attached to the roots of tradition, the Stone Campbell mm-hmm. what you grew up in. But um, do you feel like you've walked away from? your tradition or do you feel like perhaps it's what, you know, and in one sense, maybe it's left you so to speak, but I mean, do you feel like you are no longer at home because you've had to make some changes? Um, I would say that my congregation feels
3: like home okay. now. Um, I, I'm, I'm still like, I'm still warming up to the disciples of Christ. Uh, and I mean, they're different. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they they're very progressive but also like very traditional in how they do things and with their rituals and, and all this stuff so it's like it's very different going from
0: yeah a lot of liberal churches are very traditional in their yeah prappings. it's like super weird yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> um and so like i'm still warming up to it like i love my my congregation and, and they're great um but yeah it feels like it's it doesn't feel like I walked away from my tradition. It feels like I was kicked out of my tradition. Mm, okay, And I mean, that's, like I said, like the independent church doesn't have a denomination. So they don't have a hierarchy. They don't have, you know, a president of the denomination or whatever. They're, they're just a group of individual churches. So they look to these schools as kind of their like, their their north star of what we're going to do and like who we're going to be is coming from these schools of like this is what it means to be in the independent christian church this is what we are believing and stuff so essentially being kicked out of of seminary is is as close to an excommunication as what you can get in the independent christian church and um for for something for a place that's supposed to be about unity and uh stuff like that like i mean like it really sucks that, yeah. that's my tradition um, yep. that's where i grew up that's where i've made my friends honestly that's where cody and i met i, right. I know cody you're you're i don't think you grew up in that tradition but
0: i'm a mutt i'm a mutt <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> but like you know, it's been, part of, it's been part of who I am for the last 30 years of my life. Yep. And those are rather formative years. So mm-hmm. to, to essentially be kicked out, um, that sucks and
1: is, is really hard to yeah. deal with. One of the process. things that I understand about the Stone Campbell churches is that they don't have a hierarchical they don't, system of bishops and conference ministers and kind of that demo, uh, denominational bureaucracy. I don't know if there mm-hmm. might be a better word for it, but the seminaries themselves are this really important connecting point for the tradition,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that the the colleges and the seminaries have this really vital function of of kind of maintaining that sense of identity and home. And so, you know, I guess what I'm hearing is. To be um, excommunicated or exiled or kicked out of that 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 educational institution to to folks outside of Stone Camel, it goes oh just go find a new school.
2: Yeah.
1: But <laughs> but it's it's because of the way those schools really hold together the identity of that movement, um, because there isn't that other those other levels of of denominational hierarchy, it it really is is more catastrophic than I think a lot of people right. outside of the tri- tradition mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, uh, I
0: would
3: say that's that's definitely true.
0: Yeah, um, here, So I'm in the UMC now. So we have, you know, we do have the obviously a very hierarchical, a very organized, you know, system. But because of that, that uh, also okay, means well, hold on, Cody, Cody. Just yeah.
1: because it's hierarchical does not mean it's organized. It's pretty. Or, <laughs> it's pretty. You organized. To make sure you weren't using those as some kind of assumed synonym. Okay, I'm sorry. You're <laughs> correct. Now
0: they do have this very organized. system. is called connectional. They're a connectional church. So, but what that means is, um, even though, so in one, uh, and it's global. You know, in reach. So, <clears throat> um, just because one component of the ch- the church says we call them an annual conference, you're kind of not welcome here. There are like three other annual conferences that say, well, we're more of a safe Harbor. In fact, that's actually annual conferences can claim to be a safe Harbor. That's actually a thing in the, the UMC uh, (laughs) tradition. So we're a safe Harbor conference. You can come here, which means we're not going to discipline uh, you in the same way that that conference might. So that network is there and it it leads to that. Uh, Your in the tradition there, um, it being like essentially <laughs> it splintered into three different streams, loosely still connected, but in those streams, that particular stream is very connected to other folks in that stream strictly through seminaries and universities, and those are spread. Mm-hmm. So so when Lincoln over here in uh, we're in Nebraska, right? uh illinois <laughs> yeah dang it i don't i need <laughs> to learn these that's right so when lincoln here does it does it well the in the independent stream and all of those seminaries are like yep you're not going to be welcome here either and and in those churches nope you're not welcome here mm-hmm. either i mean mostly by word of both uh, by word of mouth right i mean not even by dictate but by reputation yeah.
3: Yeah, definitely. It's definitely by word of mouth, but like word of mouth goes a long ways whenever you're a small community.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and there it is a small. Yeah,
3: it it's it's small. Um and the the number of people that are interconnected with each other, it's yeah, I'm sure I'm sure like my name is all over the place. I'm sure that my my name is, has been shared at my undergrad, which is in Idaho. So not even in the same state, like right. it's out there. Like people know, yep. <laughs> people yep. know what, what happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you tried, yeah. Cause, Cause I would say, oh, well I'll just, okay. So this UMC seminary isn't uh, okay with me, but I can find this UMC ser- seminary that is, and I can go there. You mm-hmm. would say, well, no, this IOC independent ICC, Uh, seminary lincoln kicked me out and if i tried to go to another one they would like see you you probably have to lie or whatever and say i didn't go to lincoln seminary (laughs) but they would they would go i see lincoln seminary one call and they'll say nope don't (laughs) basically don't Don't let this person in yeah Yeah.
3: especially since i would have to send um i would have to send my transcripts and like Most schools, if you transfer, are like, hey, why did you leave your other school? Yep. So, (laughs) like...
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, But since then, in the last eight to ten months, this happened. You found it kind of a a home, a place to land in uh, Decatur, Decatur, Georgia. And are going to seminary again? I am. uh, So... After this, I mean, after this happened, uh,
3: a person from admissions, um, uh, uh, Mason Meninga, which mm-hmm. Cody, you know, at least know of him. Oh yeah. Uh, reached reached out to me and was like, um, <laughs> "Can can you meet me on a Zoom call tonight?" <laughs> and the reason was because the semester was starting <laughs> the next day, and they they worked hard to take as many credits as possible, get me into the classes that I would need to take, um, like basically day of to, to get me into seminary. So I wouldn't be fall as far behind as, as what I might've. Cause most schools, like most schools will take one third of the credit hours required for a program, which comes out to like 24 credits. I was over 50 credits. So I would have lost over half of my credits to go to some other school. Um, United was the only one that was like, hey, we recognize that what happened to you was not okay, and we're going to try to fix this, this thing that happened and take as many credits as the accrediting association would allow. Because at the end of the day, that's, <laughs> that's really the one that matters, is the one who says, yeah, this is a, a real education um, so they they bent some of their policies and uh, and aligned as many classes as possible to, to get me the the forty eight credits that the accrediting association association would take and that was huge <laughs> to, to get me to to get me to keep going um, and not be so far behind and think total I lost. Uh, I lost a handful of credits which still sucks but it's it's not, not 50, going back. Yeah, it's not, not 50%. 50%. Percent. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean that was I mean that was still hard because yeah. that was only a couple of weeks after being kicked out of my previous school. And so like <laughs> it uh, academic spaces didn't feel the safest for me at the time. Yeah. And so it took me pretty much entirety of the fall term to actually like feel comfortable in an academic space again i'm i'm lucky that the the classes i took were not like the final year of seminary type classes with like big research papers and stuff because oh, wow. <laughs> I, I i probably would not have passed um i, I took <laughs> i took two introduction <laughs> courses uh so they were a little bit lighter load but yeah i I just was not engaging until like that last week, whenever I was supposed to be working on the papers, like I finally settled in and like did okay. But like, yeah, that was over two months to to get to that point. Um, just because like, that's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of trauma to, to yeah. have to process it. Like yeah. um, essentially this, you, your tradition just says, you know what, the, you're trans, that's all we're going to see about you. We don't care about, um, how you act your, you know, your academic status, uh, whatever, like you don't belong here. Like you're, you're not a full person that should be allowed to exist in our space amongst us. You have to go. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, I, I, I mean, obviously, I've never been dehumanized on that scale ever, and hopefully that never happens again. Um, but just that sheer, like, our institution and group of people do not recognize you as the person you are. You need to leave.
0: It's yeah. I would think so. Uh, first of all, that's amazing that you were able to. Um, find uh, a seminary that would do that for you. That's incredible. Props to them, to you, you union, unity, union, union. United. United. What? I did that yeah. last time too. <laughs> United. Props to them. Props Just to call Mason. them old you.
2: Good old you. <laughs> Good old
0: you. United, uh, United Theological Seminary. So uh, amazing, incredible. I'm glad that they were able to do that. Uh, that does not, often people's experience with uh, bureaucracy bureaucracy and uh, admissions Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff congrats awesome that's amazing Um, but also at the same time while you were going through that some of the connections that were made were because in some sense okay I the silver lining to all of the stuff that you were wrestling for was that you were able to express some things that maybe you weren't if you had um essentially chosen the option of like well i'm just gonna go quietly you would not have been able to have a i don't want to use the word platform i think that's overused for you know it's a cliche type thing but i'm saying like a voice now um that you didn't have before and that's how you kind of found like mason and things like that um um can yeah. you talk a little bit about that, finding, being able to now express where you were and why you chose to do so? Like, was there an impetus or a, a reason why you made the choice to be a little more public and a little more vocal uh, about what was going on?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just want to say the uh, queer Christian Twitter community is really kind of cool uh once you break into that um and like everybody knows everybody else so like my my story got shared to a lot of people um and that's i mean that's essentially how you united found out about me was through twitter through through, through people uh retweeting what i had said cuz i just i made one tweet about being kicked out of school and like that was like thousands and thousands of people thought um, and but that also got me connected with the organization reap which is the religious exemption the accountability project and uh, what they what they do is essentially what their name said they want to keep the uh, they want to keep the government accountable for the um, their policies on Title IX because Title IX says that schools can't discriminate against people based off of gender identity and sexual orientation, but these schools are getting a religious exemption, and that needs to stop. Honestly, and so that's what they—that's why they exist. And they re- they reached out to me because they heard my story, and so I talked to them and like I told them what happened and they, um, they helped me file a Title IX complaint, which uh, actually did get picked up. Lincoln is being investigated by the Office of Civil Rights or mm-hmm. the Department of Education, which is really a huge deal. The, the fact that, is that Depart- Department of Education was like, you know what, we're actually going to look into a religious institution that's discriminating against people. like That doesn't normally happen. <laughs> it's uh, that's pretty rare. So that's, I mean, that's a huge deal. Um, but also, I I've been able to testify some and share my story before before a judge, and that's, I mean, that's a huge deal to to actually be able to share what happened to you to a person that's there to listen, and it's just amazing to be part of Reap that is given me the opportunity to share my story and, and to be able to speak out because the truth is, as long as this religious, the religious exemption is being used in this way, my story is not the last story. Right. It already yes. <laughs> isn't the most recent story. And it's going to continue to happen. It, these schools are going to continue to be federally funded and discriminate at the same time until that changes. And Part of the reason that this happens is because you have to be a Title IX school to be able to receive um, federal grants, federal student loans, which means the government gives money to the school, but then they get money back in, in, uh, in uh, uh, what's that word, whatever. <laughs> um, the word, whenever repayment? you pay back more than- Loan well, repayment yeah, interest? Loan... Interest. There we go. (laughs) can't believe I forgot interest. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they, they get money back on interest from federal student loans. Right. So like they are funding discrimination and then profiting off discrimination. And like, this is what the government is currently doing. And and that's not okay. Right.
1: It's, it's 2022. (laughs) <laughs> Obstens- uh wait, I, not ostensibly. What's the word I'm looking for? But anyway, it's it's the idea that the government really isn't trying to make money off of uh, of of these infractions, but they certainly do unless somebody like you brings it to their attention. The trouble is, I guess, proving or going through the process of providing enough evidence so the federal government can address that is that is that what happens? And then they tell the school about accommodations or how's that process. Move forward.
3: I mean, the, the problem is, is it's such a legal process. Like, there's policies and politics, like all over this. Um, as soon as, uh, as soon as the original lawsuit came up, the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities is like, I went in on this, and like their entire point is to their. I mean, they're kind of a lobbyist group that. Uh, tries to uphold the status quo for a lot of these religious institutions like they help i mean they are there to help these schools like navigate the title nine exemption like they exist to ensure that it continues um okay
2: yeah. and like
3: that's i mean that's a huge hurdle to overcome because that's that's a lot of money that's a lot of politics that's a lot of uh tribalism that has to be fought through like it's it's a big deal (laughs) like it's it's a lot Mm -hmm. so um it's yeah it's not it's not easy but part of it is like getting those voices out like my my story the story of almost 50 people that are plaintiffs um on this case like sharing the story of people being discriminated against while these schools are being funded by the, the federal government, like that needs to get out more. And the the fact is, is like, we're not here because, <laughs> because we're trying to uh, tear down their ability to teach Christianity at these schools. We're actually there trying to get an education. Like I was at Lincoln to get... A degree from their school that was my goal that was my only goal for being there and there's people like me that that is what we want we want a religious education where do you go for that you go to seminary like that's a no-brainer but they're choosing to they're choosing to discriminate and choosing to kick us out and to um like uh not let us have the same uh what am i trying to say like schools have clubs and stuff for like all kinds of things and right. like won't let there be LGBTQ plus schools or clubs at these schools like they open things up for other students but will draw the line for for us because they can because they can discriminate and it's legal and like honestly these stories need to get out and that's kind of what has been doing alongside like navigating this legal process, like getting people's story out. Cause uh, it's, it's common. <laughs> Let's be honest. There shouldn't be almost 50 plaintiffs on this case. And that's not everybody that this is happening to. This is right. the people that have come forward mm-hmm. to that have raised their voice. Um, it's not the entire history of discrimination against LGBTQ plus people that has gone on for the last, like the last few decades, because these schools say that, uh, they basically say that you can't be who you are and come to this school. And that shouldn't be a thing, right? right. <laughs> like if, if, and even if it is a thing, it shouldn't be funded,
0: shouldn't be backed by the government that's for sure Uh,
1: it sounds like you're just beginning to get into a uh, preaching rhythm (laughs) go go (laughs)
0: well we don't want to go too far into it because uh it's an ongoing case and we don't want to wander off into too many details and 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 uh disrupt anything but (laughs) <laughs> I want to go back to the, uh, the idea of you know, the finding the voice and, and, you, and amplifying the story. Um, you recently were able to, well, you've been doing some publishing in different publications, but recently uh, an app featured a uh, devotional that you wrote that kind of is in the vein of sharing your story and, and how you wrestled with some scriptures Recently, in fact, uh, kind of what we talked about last time you were you were on yeah. you know, eight months yeah. ago. But um, tell us a little bit about this devotional and the app that uh, goes with it, or the the app that's featuring it.
3: Yeah. So I wrote. Yeah, the devotional I wrote got published in our Bible app, which is a progressive. Uh, I'm going to say mostly Christian. It's not only Christian, but it's mostly Christian, um, and they they have things. They have like basically a free version and a premium version. Okay. My, my stuff's on the free version. So you don't have to pay anything. To get <laughs> nice. My
0: devotional. I read um, it. I've read it. It's good. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh,
3: you do have to download the app to get all five days. But, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a five day devotional that looks at the way that gender diversity is honestly celebrated within the Bible. And that's what it's called. It's just called uh, celebration of gender diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, the first couple of days talk talks about, you know, what we talked about eight months ago, which is uh, the, the lack of binary in the creation narrative and the image of God being placed on the totality of humanity, which includes LGBTQ plus people. Um, and, the, and if you're going to exclude a certain group of people, you're excluding the fullness of the image of God. Um, and so that's, that's a couple of the days. Um, I haven't been sharing day five, but I think I will here because okay. day five, as far as I know, uh, I'm the first person to publish what I published on day five, um, which is, uh, it's. I mean, you, the devotional well, is, is that's about- That's quite like, a teaser
1: sorry. right there, dude. You <laughs> yeah. <started. laughs>
3: <laughs> the, the, the devotional part is, is more about what this means for for like well honestly what it means for me and then i wrote it down and it was like hey somebody else can take what this means for me and maybe it means the same thing for them uh, so yeah. yeah i mean this mm-hmm. this entire thing was written from like this is what i got out of these passages so maybe you'll get the same thing and you'll find it helpful okay. but day five uh, I make the quick little argument of the motherhood of Joseph which i don't people have people have put out there that Joseph was probably transgender of some form not that that was a, a term used during that time but like you know Joseph in the coat many colors uh, like scholars will look at that and be like you know we don't really know what this is. I mean, the exact same phrase is used in uh, in Second Samuel, and it specifically says that this is the garments of the virgin daughter of the king. <laughs> but uh, we know it can't be that because Joseph was male. So maybe if we maybe we'll look at uh, Ugaric text and see if there's an equivalent. Oh, hey, there is, but it means. It means women's clothing of some sort. So that can't be what it is. And it's like, (laughs) come on, guys. Come on. That is awesome stuff. Um, So, like, people picked up on that. Like, Joseph is, Joseph's wearing a dress. Joseph's wearing a princess dress. And Joseph's brothers are not happy about this. Gasp. (laughs) Um. That people have also talked about the way that Joseph is actually like treated in very feminine ways, especially in Egypt. Um, What nobody has, what I've not seen elsewhere, doesn't mean it's not out there. Mm -hmm. Is nobody's looked at the end of Joseph's life, and that's kind of like the totality of of Joseph's story, right? Like they did all these really cool things and then like they're about to die. This is kind of the the summary of, Hey, we know that Joseph was like this really cool person because of, and it has in there. um, And I'm not going to remember the names, but (laughs) essentially (laughs) Joseph's uh, great. I think it's great grandkids or
2: great, great grandkids. One of the two were, Uh, Uh, i think grandkids
0: something like that
3: yeah Yeah. (laughs) you read it
2: Um, (laughs) but it
3: says that they were born on joseph's knees which is only used one other place in the entirety of the old testament or actually entirety of the bible um Hmm. and that that is uh is it rachel or Rebecca? This is why I need to like make notes for the podcast. (laughs) Um. Okay, who was who was Joseph's mother? Uh, Cody looks like he's googling it. it
1: Wasn't it? Was it? It it was Rachel. Rachel. It was Rachel. Yeah. It was the favorite one,
2: right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the only other time that born on x person's knees occurs is with rachel um and in that story rachel's like hey you should have a child with my handmaiden and then that child will be born on my knees and i will raise that child it's this yeah, like as awful as that story is because it like that's pretty awful it's like hey rape this person and then take Take her baby and give it to me, yep. like that's that's really messed up. But it is it is the literary um, example of what being born on somebody's knees means. It means becoming that adopted mother for a person. Mm. And I'm sure that scholars will be like, oh, there's other cultures that use born on the lap or born on. Ever and it can mean mother or father. Sure, that's true. However, it kind of seems like the Genesis authors are making a very deliberate point to lay this out and then bring it back later. And so it seems like this person that has been written primarily in feminine terms, who wears women's clothing, is probably mothering their grandkids, and becoming the adopted mother of their grandkids, and that is incredibly like interesting. <laughs> um, and, and I take that to I, I in the devotional I take that to say like, you know what? It's okay to have like uh, desires of that don't fit what you were told you were supposed to want, because as like trans people, we're n- not told to want like if you're assigned male at birth, like you're told to not want to be a mother, right? Um but the Bible literally has this story that at the end of this person's life, it's like we're gonna celebrate the fact that Joseph became a mother. And I mean that's really cool. (laughs) Like
1: you know one of one of the things I remember from a church I was a part of uh a long time ago, uh back when I was in seminary. that was a long time ago, uh, but we were part of a congregation that was uh, affirming, and it was kind of under under a, a microscope because it wasn't uh, approved of by the denomination. And we, I, I remember the the leaders of the congregation were were kind of wrestling with how to support their their, their position.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And at one point, they made the statement that. They would rather err on the side of grace than judgment. And therefore, we're going to set aside the Bible in order to be open to what the Spirit of God was doing.
2: Mm-hmm. At
1: that point, I went and found another church. <laughs> and, and what I hear you describing, Kaylee, and I've heard a number of other people, uh, you know, not a number, a few other people say when we wrestle with the scriptures, there's more there and we don't have to set it aside.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there's more there when we dig in deeper and look in places that we hadn't thought of looking before or dealing with things that we've seen and then just set them aside thinking, well, that's just an anomaly. That's just an odd thing. It means something else. But then finding those connections between Joseph and Rachel and, and some of those kinds of things. It's, I, th- I think there's so much more grace in the Bible than we often give it credit for. And it's just, I think it's just kind of, it's beautiful to hear that, that, uh, that exegetical, uh, work being done.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable being at a church that said, let's set the Bible aside for, like, I get, I do understand that, that sentiment. Like, um, we, we truly believe that God is moving in this way. And so we need to move forward um but i that's at some point so for some people i do think that that's actually good like um i i have friends that especially like where they're at in the moment i think it's time to put down the bible and walk away from it because it's just been used so much to um basically just to reinforce trauma (laughs) like let's be honest about it like if you're if you're a queer person and you believe the Bible says it's not okay to be queer and everybody uses the Bible to point out why you are wrong, it's probably time to put it put it aside like <laughs> we need we need some healing first yeah. right yeah um so there is a time for that, but at the same time, I don't think that we have to throw out the Bible like yeah. at all i I think there's so much in there that if we just you know get rid of some of our theology that we read into it, we're going to see a lot more life-giving things coming out of it. And um, I mean, there's just so much more, like
2: right, queer, right.
3: queer theology that is happening now is like amazing and life-giving. And honestly, evangelicals are missing out. <laughs> like there's so much there.
1: Definitely. When, when I was, um, uh, I did a, seminar workshop at uh, a Reformation Project gathering in Seattle a few years ago. And what was fascinating was to be around this large LGBTQ community there that was largely evangelical in nature Mm -hmm. and was just loving uh, scripture and finding new and deeper meaning out of it. I think that the sad thing, or not the sad thing, but maybe just the thing, where you, where I guess I need to be patient or I don't want to be patient, but how does that grow outside of a, of a, just a small accepting enclave and actually begin to, you know, spill out into places that had not previously heard the scripture in this way. Cause so I think mm-hmm. kind of the, you know, what you described about Rachel and Joseph or what others, you know, are finding out about, you know, different uh, words in the Greek new uh, Greek uh, new Testament or, um, you know, other you know, aspects of queer theology, queer exegesis is it is truly Bible loving and really kind of evangelical in nature, mm-hmm. but so many people don't want to open themselves up to it. i I'd like, how, uh, how, how, do, how do I, you know, help break down that barrier? Uh, um,
3: um, I mean, honestly, uh, I might change my mind on this that's not up to queer people to do that. Exactly. <laughs> um, I agree with
1: that. I agree uh, with that. Yeah.
3: No, I, I wasn't saying that you, you, yeah. you were, were saying that. Um, Cause let's be honest. Um, like I'm done. I'm, I'm really kind of done debating at this point. I've, I've debated people and like I've proven them wrong, but they're not changing their mind and they're not going to change their mind. So like, I'm kind of done with that. I'm, I have moved on to, Hey, let's celebrate what the Bible actually does say. Like, there's some awesome things in here. Like, I'm I'm done trying to convince people. I'm ready to move on. Like, uh, let's let's stop staying. I don't want to stay in the past of like, hey, please listen to me. I'm like, no,
2: um,
3: this is my Bible too. I am going to come and read it um, as as honestly as I can, and I'm going to share what I find about it and let's celebrate the fact that the bible actually does affirm queer people and stop trying to say please affirm us like i'm at the part where i'm just wanting to move on
2: yeah i <laughs> um, get it
3: that's not true that's not true for everybody like right. this is where i'm at it's where um i'm just kind of done with, with the debate but mm-hmm. um that's really where it's really where allies come into like If I come in and I I try to debate somebody, like, it doesn't matter if I know all the arguments better than them, or if I'm more convincing than them. Um, It's still, it, it, because it's not about the Bible, it's about the interpretation and holding to uh, an ideology that comes from, um, comes from being part of a group, Right stepping for me to step into that is stepping into another space where they already don't see me as an equal person. And so like, I don't need to do that anymore. I might choose to every once in a while, but really this is where like, this is where we need allies. Um, and we need affirming people that know the Bible because, uh, At times I'm tired, right? (laughs) Like It's exhausting to continue to beg people to see me as a full person. So I I need allies to step up, to speak up and be like, no, we are going to affirm the humanity of of other people. We're going to affirm that God still loves all, all of these people and that the Bible actually celebrates their existence. And queer people are welcomed here.
1: Yes.
0: It's good. It's good, it's good. Okay, how can people find the devotional so that they can, I mean, uh, they got a little wedding of the appetite going on here. (laughs) Let's, how can Uh, they dive in? Yeah, so
3: if you just... I mean, download the app, and if you do it quick enough, it'll still be on Features. Okay. Um, I don't know how long it's going to stay on Features. I mean, they don't get rid of it, but it's right there at the top. It's like the third one there. Um, so I don't know where it's going to be whenever this comes out or like a week later. <laughs> so if that happens, you can just search search my name, um, and you're going to have my name in the show notes and probably the title and stuff.
0: I'll show people. Um, oh, no, we're not doing video. I was going to say, I guess, I'll show the picture of the <laughs> app but
3: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's where you can find the app um and then if you want to follow me i'm on twitter that's the only place that i'm like public on and you'll see all my crazy ideas and stuff that i just tweet out into the world uh and um i have a i have a link for some different articles that I've written and, and stuff like that.
0: Awesome. Yeah, we'll, so. we'll include those two, including links to the app and all that good stuff in our show notes. Um, Kaylee, before we sign off, we need an update on our five questions. We won't do the, where will you take us to eat? Uh, unless you want to address <laughs> that. But what are you, what are you reading?
3: What am I reading? Um You know what? I actually finished, like three books this last week just because yeah. of where i'm at in this semester yeah uh so what am i currently reading <laughs>
2: uh,
3: i i started the book nevada um which is uh it, it's a i don't know if it's not a biography it, it isn't it, like it's a narrative i don't know if it's a true story or something um
2: is it by yeah, it's, um it's.
0: who's it by uh, I don't know. Ah, okay.
1: <laughs> um, it, but it's, Imogene it's a story of a... Beanie. Is that it? Who? Imogene In... Beanie? Or Benny? That, that, yes.
0: I want to say I'm, yes. I'm just,
1: I'm just scrolling through books called Nevada. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Nevada. Does
3: okay. it have, do have an orange
1: cover? Yes, it does. With a green flower?
3: That sounds right. Yeah.
1: Okay. okay. All right. Cool.
0: Okay, Nevada. Um, that
3: one's a little more adult. So, you know, if you, uh, and see, what else am I reading? Ooh, uh, spiritual care in a t- time of Black Lives Matter.
2: Ooh. I think
3: that's the title. And that is an amazing book. I recommend okay. that to anybody, especially if you're in ministry. Um, that yeah, that book, that book is great. Um, and like very thought-provoking. I, that after starting to read that book, I'm thinking, uh, this is, this is me being a little, um, prophetic and, and looking into the future. Uh, I think that we're having a shift in, um, in theology, um, especially, especially in black congregations, because, Black Lives Matter kind of grew out of womanist theology. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, there's a lot of womanist theology in it, but there's now a shift happening where it's like the combination of womanist theology with post-colonial theology, where it's kind of becoming its own thing. And I think that we're at the beginning of a new like strain of theological thought that I think is really exciting. And I'm really looking forward to, to where, where it goes. So, Spiritual Care in a Time of uh, Black Lives Matter. is an amazing book. I recommend it.
2: <laughs> Cody had to drop off the notes. I just saw that, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, oh, okay, yeah. So I've been here taking notes. Uh, so I'll have to pick up where we were. So reading, okay, yeah. What are you watching? I, I, okay. what am I, watching? If, I sent Cody a question. On, on a on a text, and I'm going to limit your watching choices here. Okay. Okay. Can you describe which of the Star Wars um, vehicles behind you is the best one if you're trying to run away? Is it the Millennium Falcon back there? Is it the? Isn't that a Tie Fighter? And I'm trying to think. Yeah, of I got a Tie there.
2: Fighter. Yeah, two oh, tie you got fighters. a bunch
1: more back there. Okay, so, tell, yeah, tell, so why are those back there?
3: Well oh, they're back there because they're Legos. Um <laughs> okay. are, you, are you
1: the Lego person? I am, yeah. All right. So but, how about this for your for the question? What is your Lego build most recently? Uh,
3: most recent. Um, I, I have a Grogu and um, Mandalorian like little figurines, but those are upstairs. Back here, I that's that you can see, I'm pretty sure it's the uh, the big group, gro- I see the big right Grogu there.
1: back there.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, I have another one that I haven't started building yet. So,
0: oh, so these are oh, all I'm Lego sets.
1: Yeah, I, I yes. decided to go from books reading okay. to Lego builds. So. Oh,
0: gotcha. Okay, so those are okay. Legos. I wasn't sure I changed I one of the
1: five <laughs> questions. Cody, that's
0: fine. You could, we're we have no creed, we're not, <laughs> we are flexible like that. There we go cool okay so you covered the uh, legos in the background awesome all star wars related do you do uh, other lego builds i'm sure you do um not really actually it's supposed to be all, oh, all Star, i'll stay where, oh i mean but uh, uh, i mean
3: I, I do have this one that's the uh everyone is awesome set
0: uh sweet very cool okay all right what uh okay so we did the legos are we doing uh oh what are you watching
3: I am watching the good place for a second time.
0: Nice. Because oh. I,
3: Craig loves the good I'm, place. I am taking an ethics class at oh, the yeah. same time.
0: That's so um, yeah.
3: every like everything is fresh in my head as they talk about it on the show. And would, um, I'm getting like so much more of like this is what Cotton would have said. And I'm like, yeah, that is what he said. And then I see it like played out in the episode because that's what they do. They're like, they'll take a ethical idea and then play it out in the show and um it, it, it's, so, yeah, it's just like yeah it's it's so good uh you don't need to be taking ethics to, to find it awesome
1: however um, i would like to have that be my ethics class curriculum and i would i think it'd be awesome
3: <laughs> i yeah we watched a little clip of it actually in the ethics class which is why i started watching it again um, yeah he showed us the trolley problem
2: yeah oh yeah that's, in, in that's
3: so good on yeah. there. So, yeah, that's when i that's why i'm watching um and i also just finished lost in space which i really
0: liked. oh lost in space that was a good
1: one yeah that's I'm good not,
0: okay i've been contemplating but uh, all yeah, my right
1: wife did a theological uh reflection blog on that um she was she really liked it too
0: yeah, nice. Okay. Lost space. Okay. What are you uh, listening to? Uh listening to.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and it doesn't have to be music. It can be Yeah. Uh, you know, a podcast. So really, like your favorite really your favorite like, podcast, All That's Holy. Blue
2: Comic Podcast. Of, of course.
3: Of course. <laughs> I mean, other than other than this podcast. Um <laughs> like I don't really listen to podcasts too much anymore uh because like I used to have a commute to work and oh, sure. I don't have that um and so like I'm always home. <laughs> uh I'm still I'm still listening to Semler's album Late Bloomer, Good which much. is mm-hmm. awesome.
1: Which uh, I'd have and, to, here, here's my favorite part. Semler's on tour with Reliant K. Oh yeah I already got tickets. I thought, that is so cool. Oh wow <laughs> uh,
3: March 15th I'm gonna be there. Um, wow,
1: that's cool.
3: awesome. My kids will have to have you words. back so
1: you can report on the concert experience. I <laughs> yeah,
3: definitely. I'm, I'm gonna have to show my kids Reliant K because they know all of the similar <laughs> songs, but they don't know Reliant K. Uh,
0: Interesting. Gotcha. That'd be fun. That'd be fun to go through with them. Uh, what are we okay? Re-da-da-da-da. Drinking. What am I? Oh, yeah. What's any new drinks to share?
3: Um the uh this last weekend we were in asheville north carolina and there's um which is like uh it's like the most liberal place in the south it's amazing Um, it's like the portland
1: of the south i hear
3: um it's like the asheville of the (laughs) south (laughs) okay no ashland Ashland, Ashland. 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 there we go there you go um yeah so in in oregon ashland is like the super hippie very progressive where the Shakespeare
1: festival is
3: exactly um they're basically the same town but on two different sides of the United States
2: (laughs) uh
3: but yeah there's a there's an urban winery there that is called I think it's pronounced pleb okay um and they their wine is just super unique like I, I don't even know how to describe it um But we got we got a couple bottles uh, from there, so that's what we're what we're drinking this week. Um, Yeah, super good. Anybody's listening and is in
0: Asheville, go to pleb. Pleb, okay, cool. All right. Hey, I think that's it. We've hit them all, unless you Um, have a new place to describe for eating that is new (laughs) that you would take us.
3: I don't know. I don't remember where I said last time.
0: It was a um, it was a brewery uh, close by that you said that they would uh, uh, mm. that they serve some food. Okay, honestly.
3: I would probably probably take you to a place called Chai That's okay. been our go to. It's um, it's an Indian street food uh, restaurant that's downtown, um, and but it's been featured in magazines and uh, newspapers and stuff. Like it's walking distance from our house. It, it's amazing. amazing.
2: Yeah. Uh, and,
3: <laughs> it's it's really good um and also they they started doing uh a, a buffet at lunchtime and like they don't put out like the cheap stuff in their buffet it's yeah it, it's That's
0: great awesome. <laughs> that is awesome someday chai- cody we Chai-pani. gotta make that road trip chai pani oh all meals. yeah <laughs> chai pani okay that sounds amazing i'm out their website right now oh that looks good Yeah. Indian street food. Love it. Okay, cool. All right. Well, yes, we'll have to have you on in the future to report about uh, the, the uh, concert experience, uh, a mashup Reliant K and Semler, And uh, I wonder if they'll get on stage together. Yeah.
3: You know, I would love to, I would love to see Matt from Reliant K seeing was it want to grab coffee or what's the title of that um crap why am i like forgetting basic <laughs> words?
0: how did you not come prepared come on how did uh, you not know that we would wander off into these random topics
1: <laughs> tell you what we yeah I, find out I want, I want nice that because i bet the, i bet they will <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's oh, want to yeah. grab coffee
3: like the first yeah, time wanna grab i grab coffee. I, yeah, the first time I heard "Want to Grab Coffee," as soon as as soon as they go into the second verse, um, and it's like the line I'll say the quiet part out loud, like I heard that the first time, and it was like I want Matt from Lion K singing the second verse, because I just I think he would do like an an amazing rendition of that second verse.
1: So I I I what I like is the old school, you know, these these I mean relying, yeah that I'm an old guy I like them you know, and is like right off. <laughs> you know, right in the mix right now. And it's like, it's I love, you know, mingling of these generations. So I think it'd be really symbolic and important for the two of them to be on stage together, doing some stuff together. But I'm I'm not their manager, so what do I know?
3: Yeah, but at the same time, like, that's a huge deal for such a mainstream Christian band to be like, we're taking an openly queer artist on tour with us right
1: well especially since they have been out of the picture for so long they're coming back uh to do this it has a certain level of intentionality uh that that
3: yeah like it's it's a huge deal like it i mean i don't want to get my hopes up too much but it kind of seems (laughs) like maybe maybe um we could see some change in the christian
1: music industry well Um, switchfoot came out with some interesting statements a couple of months ago i think it was around maybe mm-hmm. christmas time uh, yeah it was an apology i think to was it too similar um it yes. wasn't so much an
3: apology but
1: yeah For the things uh, that they so used sem- to represent i thought but yeah
3: maybe not um well they so <laughs> uh grace um who, who is similar uh, right. they went to uh, a switchfoot concert and made a big deal on social media that they're gonna yell gay rights at at the Switchfoot concert. See see what happens. Um, Nothing happened because it was a concert and they probably couldn't couldn't hear them, right? Okay. (laughs) Um, And so there was some disappointment and stuff. Then um, the lead singer of Switchfoot like did a video of like, of course we believe in gay rights, of course you're always welcome at our concert. Um, and like, that was, I mean, that was a huge deal as well, this to, and the thing is, is like, we know that there's more like affirming, uh, Christian artists out there, um, that, that aren't speaking up. So to actually see some doing it is, is really a big deal. Um, so like, it was a big deal whenever, uh, Kevin Max, uh, spoke up um right. it, it was a big deal uh um uh, yeah it's a big deal that reliant k is doing this and hopefully you get more like
2: yeah
3: hopefully hopefully artists don't go the way of lauren lauren dangle dangle, dangle, dangle. or dangle. whatever her last name is
2: yeah,
3: yeah. um <laughs> and say something like almost accepting which it really wasn't still and then backtrack for the next like
0: few yeah. months so let's go on a, a let's go on tour with the trump guys so that we can make up for yeah it. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah basically
1: yeah oh. really love her voice but every time i hear whatever songs like yeah no nope. skip <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i have trouble yeah anyway right on all right
3: okay kaylee so good to be with you That is great to be on.
0: I'm doing this. I've just realized I caught myself doing this because my children watch a YouTuber named Curtis Connor who starts (laughs) every video with...
1: Clapping his hands and then clasping them together. For those of you who can't see what Cody is doing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. It looks like he's clapping his hands and then washing them without soap. (laughs) <laughs> or water
0: that's i'm doing this because this uh this episode is fire and toasty oh so. okay i got gotcha. you all right here we go that's good all right audiological goodness all righty
1: all right <laughs> i'm always so hesitant to to click stop recording because who knows a miracle statement might just emerge it's like wow
0: well, if we all agree to zip our lips, we can end this thing.
1: we just have five seconds of silence and fade away.
0: <laughs> Ready? Right. Zip your lips, everybody. <laughs> good job. Good job. All right. Oh, I forgot to hit stop. All right.
1: Thanks for joining Cody Stoffer and me, Craig Morton, for this podcast. We simply try to record and upload without much editing. What you get is live conversation with all its ignorance and insight, wisdom, and foolishness, sometimes more of one than the other, and occasionally profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment. And look for upcoming Facebook live podcasts where you can interact with our guests. Also, we can be found on Twitter as at all that's holy. Our intro and outro music is by at the speed of darkness. Support at the speed of darkness on Bandcamp and buy his music there. As well as follow him on Instagram at, at the speed of Darkness.